Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. I love uh, Temi and Jacob, you know. I think I'm pretty good looking, but those are like the two best heads in the church. I mean, those guys. Like I don't even, I don't even, I don't even compare. Um, oh goodness. Okay, I gotta open this up. You know, like when you come on the stage, it's like you check a few things, right? Like, do I have anything in my teeth? Is my zipper up? And is my message open? All right, come on. Here we go. All right, amen. 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 (laughs) And the updates. Okay. That's why I should get a Mac. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Right? Wait, was that you, Martina? Come on. A little support here. All right. Well, after all that, it's so so good uh, to be here with you today. Um, I'm excited. Uh, It's great to have the opportunity to serve, to share. And, you know, with that, before I do anything else, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Heather and Pastor Michael for that opportunity to come share today, but also for, um, you know, just for who they are in our lives. Um, you know, in our family, I'm sure many families here, this whole church, there's just been a, a spiritual covering, a, a friendship, a, you know, just people who, you know, really care about you and really think about you and are, are there for you in, in some of your hardest times or cheering you on in some of your big wins and you know I just love that I get to do life with those two and with their boys with the family so just just thank you to them um what a what an awesome word this morning from Pastor Heather right right after prayer she was like talking about waiting on God I was like just just keep preaching like we don't need to do the message that I have you just keep going with that that was so good I was just like anyone else think so I was just like it's like getting filled up I was like, I want to, this is what I need to hear, waiting on the Lord and prayer, the power of prayer. But uh, you've got me, so there you go. But no, really, but like, you know, we are, we are in a house where we are under pastors who believe in growing and encouraging people and people, you know, and that, that's what this uh, community has been for me. It's been a place to grow. It's become a place to see what God has called me to do. Um, and so I'm excited, you know, you, you will see a little bit of, of them and me as I share all their, their ministry and their covering over me. Um, I'm excited to share the fifth installment of our Galatians series, the Set Free to Live Free. That's the title of our series. It's a, it's a great title, and we're going to get into that actually in, in today's message. But how many of you loved the, the first four messages in this series? They've been so great. I mean, we had Pastor Michael, we had Pastor Guyena, we had Daryl Dudley, we had Trevor. I mean, it was just uh, amazing, encouraging, and I think particularly for this series, edifying messages. And by edifying, I mean building you up, like helping us to, to know who we are supposed to be in Christ. They've been such, each of those messages have been incredible in me learning how to be uh, a Jesus follower. So I'm excited to get to share a, a part of this uh, message. Uh, you know, today I want to talk to you about walking in the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. And if you like a title, you can call this uh, this message, Walking in the Spirit. Um, 
Now, I think of myself and I think, you know, I think I'm a, a, a good husband. I'm a pretty good husband. You know, there's definitely areas to improve. Uh, you know, I think I'm supportive. I think I'm a considerate uh, guy, you know, really consider my wife. And, and especially when Martina's been pregnant in the past, I like to think that I've been extra supportive and extra considerate. But if I'm honest, there's probably been a couple of times in, in her pregnancies that I've, I have been somewhat inconsiderate. Uh, and, you know, there, you know in, in when she was pregnant with Charlie, you know, I think some people, like, when, when they're expecting a baby and they're excited, they kind of get a lot of things, right? They, like, they nest, you know, they're, they're all the things that I need to get for this baby, for our family. And then I think for some people, it's kind of like they want to they want to build things. They want to create the environment that the child needs. And I was kind of like that. I was, you know, like Charlie was, uh, Martina was pregnant with Charlie, and I was like, I have to finish all the projects in the house before he's born. You know, the basement, I have to renovate the basement because a baby who can't even move needs to go down the stairs and have a couch and a television and a room and a bathroom and a laundry room. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta do it all. And, and, you know, so like here Martina's pregnant, and like there's painting, there's power tools, there's drywall, there's air ducts, and you know, like she's looking at me like, why? Really, why? You know, it was honestly, it was a little inconsiderate. And uh, when I was, one of the things I was doing in this renovation project, you know, I, you know, one of the things I decided to try to do on my own was some uh, working on the HVAC, doing some duct work, you know, like taking a duct from the HVAC unit into the bedroom. Uh, in the basement so that I could get hot air in the winter, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, if you ever work with duct work, you know, it's like some of it's, there's like these elbow joints and sometimes there's these like flat sheets that you roll up into cylinders that connect and, you know, you can route them all the way around your rooms. Um, but if you ever work with it, you also know that the edges of those uh, ducts are like super sharp. They're like, like as sharp as a knife, like a razor blade, right? And, and you have to fold them and manipulate them. Um, and so you're supposed to wear gloves. And I was wearing gloves, I had gloves, but for whatever reason, you know, it's late at night, it's probably like one in the morning, I'm like working on this duct in the basement. And uh, for some reason I don't have my gloves on. And I'm like folding it, it into a, a cylinder and I'm like trying to jam it into this connection it has to go in and I'm like grabbing it, it won't go in, I'm pushing and all of a sudden, I just slice my middle finger over it, just, just slice it open. You know, if you've ever been like cut by a really sharp knife, it's like, you know, you, you don't even feel it. It's just something's off and you look down, there's just like blood running down. And so like I look at my finger and I could tell it's not just a little cut, you know, there's like blood coming all out. And I like go up the stairs and I wake, it's like one in the morning, I wake Martina up, you know, again, she's pregnant, not super considerate. You know, I wake her up and I'm like, Martina, look, what do I do? Like, I think I, do I, I might have to go to the hospital, and of course, you're going to have to take me, and I'm like, looking, and, and luckily, uh, thank God, that night, uh, Martina's sister was visiting, um, Dr. Jennifer Mills, she's a, not worrying about slipping back into those sin patterns, because we're covered in the Spirit, and you know, I'll just take it one step further, you know, I was trying to do something good, and I, talking to the Christians here in the room, sometimes we are trying to do something good, right? But we don't have our glove on. We're not walking in the spirit. And we hurt ourselves. Somehow we find ourselves doing old things that we shouldn't be doing. And we're like, how did I get here? Because we're not walking in the spirit. Let's look at, look, let's look at um, the way that Paul talks about it in this, in this message, uh, in this part of the Bible. We're in Galatians now. So open your app or your Bible and turn with me to Galatians 5.13. As we start off this chapter, 
in Galatians, Paul is basically telling people, you know, that telling us that we have a freedom in Christ. And then he's sort of warning people, don't submit again unto the slavery of the law. Don't give up that freedom to go back under uh, the condemnation, the law. And so we're going to pick up in verse 13. I'm actually going to read out of two versions, but read along with me, starting in verse 13 of Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And that's just a way when we say the lust of the flesh, we're just talking about the desires of the flesh. And we say the, the, the flesh lusts against the spirit, it means the desires of the flesh are set against the spirit, right? And the spirit is against the flesh. But these are contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ's have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another envying one another. Let's just pray real quick. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword or any piece of duckwork, Lord. We know that it, Father God, can divide right from wrong, open up truths in our life. So I pray, Lord, as your word comes out, it would change our lives, Father God. I pray that I would decrease, Lord, and you would increase, Lord, and what you want to get across today would come across. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we read this passage, there's four key things I want us to take away today before we end. First, is that we are set free to love, okay? Before we get to the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand the freedom of Christ. Before we start talking about the freedom of Christ, we have to understand um, I mean, excuse me, we have to understand before the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand walking in the Spirit. But before that, we have to understand the freedom of Christ, right? And so what you first have to understand is about freedom is what freedom is not, okay? And then we have to understand freedom from and freedom to. So if we look at the passage, the first thing we see is we are not free to go on sinning. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We are not free to go on sinning like before we were saved, right? Before he says anything in this 
part of the passage that we read. Before he says anything, Paul lays this out on the table. He's, he's, we can't be in Christ and be free in Christ and use that freedom to go back and do the old things, that old man that was dead or that old woman that was dead that we, that's gone and go revisit those things. That's not what freedom is for, right? In verse 13, he says, look in verse 13 in chapter five, he says, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In Romans six, he says it differently in verses one through two, Paul puts it like this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died sin to sin live any longer in it? So you see, even as Christ died for us, right? We have also crucified our flesh, that part of us that's against God. We consider that old person dead. We are born again into new life, into freedom, into power right into god's freedom that old part that sin is gone then we look at what are we free from okay so we know what freedom is not for but what are we free from well we are free from the slavery to sin first of all okay so when we read i like the way that uh ephesians 1 7 says in the message it says because of the sacrifice of the messiah his poured out blood on the altar of the cross we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free, right? When, when we give our lives to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in us and we walk in the Spirit, we are free from our slavery to sin. We don't have to do those things we did anymore. It doesn't have a power over us. God moves in and sin moves out. That's the way it is, right? And then we learn we are also free. The second thing we're free from, we are free from the weight of the law. We're free from having to be justified by the law. It's what Paul is talking about in this passage, which means we don't have to work hard in our own power to try to fulfill a set of rules so that we can be justified and we can be righteous. We're free from that rat race. We're free from that hamster wheel. We, we fail at that every time, and God has set us free from that when we walk in the Spirit. And we are free from the condemnation of the law which is to say we're free from all, as we read in Ephesians, we're free from all the penalties and the punishment that the law hands out for those who fail to keep it perfectly. God has set, Christ has set us free from that. Amen? Now, we talk about what we're free from, but that, it doesn't stop there. That's not what it's all about. Paul goes on even further, and he begins to talk about what we're free to do, Right? He said, we are set free, the third thing, we are set free to love. Amen? Look what it says. We see in our passage, we are set free to serve one another humbly in love. We take all that freedom that Christ gave us, right? And we go out and we love people with an unshakable love. That's what this freedom is for. That's what we're free to do. So now we talked a little bit about freedom. The second main thing to take away from this passage is that we are walking in the Spirit, and, and specifically that walking in the Spirit wins, okay? What do I mean by that? When we walk in the Spirit, we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. 
And when I learned this as a young man, I don't think I fully understood this as a, as a, as a youth, but as a, as a younger man, when I learned this, it was like game-changing. I mean, let's look at it in, in, in Galatians, in the Passion Translation. It's, it goes this way. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you abandon the cravings of your self-life. And the, the Passion Translation takes that, that flesh word and they call it self-life, that selfish ambition, that selfish part of you. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and unconflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you no longer will be living under the law, but soaring above it. Amen? I mean, that preaches itself. I don't even need to say anything. It's so powerful. You know, my parents have these, uh, or had, uh, because, you know, unfortunately, uh, our, our pet friends uh, have shorter lives than we do. But my parents had these two dogs. They had Winnie and Grizzly. And Winnie was a huge dog. She was, like, way too large for her breed. And then Grizzly was, like, this thin, sleek, skinny dog, Right? And so Grizzly would get in his dog bed. He'd, like, curl around and then, like, lay down in his bed. And then Winnie would come along, and she'd get in the same bed. And she'd kind of do, you know, like the dogs do. She'd kind of, like, turn around a little bit in the bed. And she'd get, and when she'd lay down and get comfortable, the thing is, what happened every time is when Winnie would lay down and finally get comfortable and just rest all of her, her girth and her size and her power, her strength down to that bed, it, she was just so strong, so big that it would just push Grizzly right out of the bed. Like there's just no room for him left and he got pushed right out. And that's how we overcome the flesh right? That's what it's like when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, and we walk in the Spirit. His power, His love, His presence is so big and so powerful and so intense that when it comes in, it just pushes that flesh, that sin nature right out of our lives. There's just no room left, and that's, that's what God calls us. That's what this, the, the, the walking in the Spirit wins every time, every single time. You know, it reminds me of this old hymn, this hymn that goes, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, right? Look full into his face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you're in the Spirit, when you're in the presence of God, it's so full, it's so all-consuming, it's so powerful that all those sins and addictions and and hurts and everything that's hang-ups that are holding on to you, you, they just lose your focus. They lose your attention. They lose their power and their hold on you in the light of his glory and grace. That sin just fades away and you are free every single time. Walking in the Spirit wins every single time. And the third big thing to take away that we're going to take away today from this passage is crucify the flesh. Right? The flesh, we talked about this. It's like a very theological word, right? But we're not talking about a, a physical part of hurting, you know, a physical part of your body. We're, we're talking in spiritual terms. We're saying, you know, that part of our soul, that sinful part, that sin nature, right, that is at war with God, that's the thing that we're to see crucified. 
Look at the way the Message Bible talks uh, about the works of the flesh in verses 19 through 21. It says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a sticking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied, joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've wanted you, I've warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdoms, right? But here's the thing, we all sin, right? How are we to think about the works of the flesh? What do we do? Well, we, we find the answer again in verse 24 in our, in our passage here. It says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You see, you're not warring against the flesh. You're not like fighting this battle in your own strength. You're actually giving up the flesh, right? You're sacrificing, you're, you're giving it up to be crucified, to die, right? The flesh, that sinful part of you is dead. It no longer lives. It is not who you are, right? You know, it, it, you may see it sometimes in your life, but that you're operating outside of your new identity, your new life. That's not who you are anymore. Read what Galatians says. Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified in Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith, indeed, by the faithfulness of God's Son, who loved me for himself. We, yes, we may still sin at times, but that's where we go to verses 16 and 17. We walk in the Spirit so that we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Amen? Amen. And that brings us to our fourth and final point. We are free to be fruitful. Okay? Look what it says. Remember earlier we were talking about set free to love. Well, that freedom... The will of God is manifested, is animated. That means it's brought to life. It's made active by the fruits of the Spirit. Let's read what the fruits of the Spirit are. I mean, many of them probably have it memorized. Some of us in the room, I'm not going to say who, could probably sing a whole song about them. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things, there is no law. No one makes laws against those things. These are the things that we should see coming out of our life when we walk in the Spirit. And I love that illustration uh, of fruit because I think it so perfectly shows the power of God's Spirit, right? Because if, if, there's, if there's fruit, right, you have to ask yourself, well, what is the source of the fruit, right? What's the, the tree or the bush or the stock, you know, that's creating this fruit, right? It's the Spirit that produces the fruit. It's not you. It's not us. It's not our work. It's the Spirit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. 
right? When you walk in the Spirit, you are full in the presence and the power of the Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit, begins producing fruit in your life. Where you had bitterness, all of a sudden, love bursts out, right? Where you had fighting uh, and, and, and attacking and cutting, all of a sudden, you're, you're full of peace. And where you were irritated and, and impatient, all of a sudden, you have patience unending. And where you were mean and hurtful and, and petty, all of a sudden, there's kindness and gentleness. And where you were selfish and self-absorbed, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's faithfulness and there's goodness, and when you burst it out in anger and pain and addiction and vain pursuits, all of a sudden you are overcome by self-control. See, the difference between these two lists, right, is that the list of the work of the flesh, it's all in our own self-ability. It comes from when we try to do it on our own, right? What we try to do, and we lose that battle every time. And the results are clear. They're the works of the flesh, right? But when we walk in the Spirit, unlike the flesh, you know, the, you know, the, the law, we see that, you know, the, 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 when you're under the law, you're living in flesh, you're under the law. But when you think about it, the law never had the power to create. It only had the power to correct. But unlike the law, the Spirit has the power to give life, to create the law, your own self-ability, that system get, doesn't give, it only takes. But the Spirit, it creates. It creates fruit. It gives you fruit. Delicious, filling, healing, powerful. And it's something that our, our flesh could, could never find in the law. And when we think about the flesh, um, you know, we work in the flesh, but we experience fruit in the Spirit. That's the difference between the two. And in addition to sort of that, that consistent, uh, in addition to consistency, there's uniformity, right? Paul talks in that same passage about walking in step with the Spirit. It's a continual thing. It's being like Him over and over again. You know, when I was young, um, we went to visit my dad's family in South Carolina. It's a small town. We were probably in church. Uh, and, and someone called me over. She called me over and I walked over and she said to me, are you Charles's son? And I said, I'd never met her before. I said, I said, yeah, how'd you know? And she said, because you walk like him, right? Because you walk like him. And that was probably one of the best compliments I've ever received. I was so proud. Like my dad is my hero. In so many ways, I want to be like him. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to, to build things the way that he did. I wanted to, to work on cars the way that he did. You know, I wanted to, to cook like he did. I wanted to tie fishing knots like he did. You know, I just wanted to be like him. And I spent time with him and I walked with him. And before I knew it, I was, I was walking like him. I didn't even realize it. And I was so much like him that strangers, people I never met, could look at me and say, that's Charles' son. That's Charles's boy. Because I was like him. And that's what it is when we are in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit and we spend time with God without even knowing it, without even really, without even trying, we become like him. And people look at us and, be, and say, I see Jesus. I want that. 
because we're walking with him, right? The Bible tells us there's, the Bible only tells us of three people, only three people who walked with God, directly walked with God. There was Enoch, who for 300 years walked faithfully with God before he was taken into heaven. There was Noah, a righteous man, who was blameless in his generation, who faithfully walked with God. And there was Levi, who all the priests of Israel descended from, who walked with God. And in as intimate as walking with God, I used to read these passages and be like, I want to walk with God. As intimate as walking with God is, we're even closer because we get to walk in the Spirit, right? The Spirit is in us. It's indwelling, right? The, these three men, they were close. They walked with God. But because of God's salvation, we get to actually have him in our lives. We get to be that close with us. So walking in the Spirit is about your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. It's spending time with him. It's inviting him into your life. It's knowing him, letting him get to know you, understanding him, hearing from him, being filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, praying, reading the word of God, right? Spending time and engaging a godly community and without working and without striving and without even knowing it, you become like the Holy Spirit. Christ is reflected in your life and the Holy Spirit is alive in you, growing things inside of you that are changing the world, church. I want to pray with you. And I, I just, hopefully you'll, you'll pray with me. And I just ask that every eye would be closed and every head would be bowed for a minute. And I want to, you know, just in this time of sort of privacy and, and self-reflection, I want to pray with two groups of people. First, maybe you know Jesus, but somehow walking in the Spirit is new to you. Or somehow you just keep stumbling in the flesh, battling with that old sin nature. And you want to experience the freedom, the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit. Just silently say to yourself, that's me. I want that. And pray with your own words as I pray with you now. Ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask him to strengthen you and guide you as you walk in the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father God, there is power. You don't have to repeat after me for this one. Just, just pray with me in your own words. Father God, there is power in the Holy Spirit. And you freely give the Holy Spirit to each of us to believe in you. Lord, I ask I would ask that everyone who's calling out today, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. That all of the power and all of the peace and all of the love of the Holy Spirit would come alive in them today. Lord, I pray that you would show us how to walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, I pray for victory over every sin over every weight, over every addiction, over everything that holds us back. I pray freedom, I pray love, and I pray power in Jesus' name. Amen. And second, maybe you're here today and you say, Chasen, I, I don't have a personal relationship with, with Jesus. And maybe you'd say, but I want that freedom that you're talking about that Jesus gives. Well, now 
is the perfect time to ask. And I just want to pray with that group of people right now. And, and again, I'm just going to ask for our eyes to be closed and heads to be bowed. I just want to pray for that group of people who, who, who might say, I, I've never really been a Christian or I don't know what it is to follow Jesus, but I want that. I want that freedom. I'm going to ask you, as with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to, to slip up your hand at the, at the count of three. Just to slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out of your seat. I just want to know who I'm praying with. Every, every head bowed, every eye closed. One, don't wait. Today is the day of salvation. Two, Jesus loves you with an everlasting love, and he set you free to walk with him. One, two, three. Who wants that? follow Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Everyone, please repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for loving me and receiving me just as I am. I give you my life. I give you all of my good and all of my bad and surrender it to you. I love you, Jesus. I know that you have saved me and made me brand new. I am a Christian. By Christ, I have been saved. In Jesus' name, amen.